0: And welcome to the Revive Us Now podcast, where we want to talk about everything that concerns revival, that brings revival, that stops revival, because we need revival. We need personal revival. We need corporate revival. We need church revival. We need America to be revived in the Spirit of the Lord until we explode with a great awakening. You know, revival means, revive means bringing people that are half dead. The dead, the full dead, need to be born again. The half dead are those that are born again, but they've lost contact with God. Maybe let things creep in that shouldn't be there. And we just start settling into that dull, uh, dead, lukewarm religion that is talked about in the book of Revelation. And so we want to get out of that and believe we need a spark from God to start a new fresh fire in the churches that spreads out to our communities, into our cities and into the world. And lots and lots of people are believing for that and praying for that, and I hope you are too. But here's what we want to talk about today. We've been talking about fear, and I want you to know that the spirit of fear opposes revival, opposes renewal. Fear grips people to where God's trying to do something, and they get so afraid that they're afraid to move out, and they just keep everything the same. Now, there's a lot of obstacles to you know, of a, a fresh move of God. There's a lot of obstacles to getting the true presence of God in the church or in your life. And I know I've been lots of churches over the years, and they'll be singing and everything, and somebody, you know, pastor, somebody can say, "Oh, you know, and the great God's in the house today." And you look around like, well, okay, we'll just go blind faith here—that <laughs> God's in the house because uh, you don't—you don't see it on the faces, you don't see it in the works, you don't see it in people. You, don't, you know, people are looking at their watches. I don't know if God's in the house. I think I'd just take my watch off. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be tempted to say, "What time's this over?" If God's in the house, but that happens all the time. But there's lots of other things, you know, uh, that, that hinders revival: worldliness. People want the world. And they're afraid they'll lose part of the world. They're afraid they'll have to go to church more. They're afraid they'll have to give more money. You go to church more, there's going to be more offerings. You know, all these fears and, uh, uh, that that people have. And, you know, there's we don't have revival because of lack of prayer. People have to pray, and people don't want to pray. They'd rather watch something on TV or whatever, their favorite movie. And, of course, we lack holiness, which uh, I don't want to put in action like we're bad people. Holiness means we don't know. Many people don't know. Do I really want to be separated? That's what holiness is. Separated to God. Separated for God's use only. Do I want to take my life and put it over here for God? Because you know in the temple they'd have things were holy. A bowl could be holy. A spoon could be holy. And that means that was only for the use of the service of God. And that's you that's holiness and so a lot of people they don't want to be holy in that way they want to live to themselves and they'll believe in God and they sure hope that they get to go to heaven when they die but but they they don't want to set themselves apart in this life but fear is a huge enemy of the move of God because we we're comfortable in our old ways shall we call it like the Bible does old wine you can't put new wine into old wine skins it'll burst the skins you know, and then the skin is lost, and then the wine skin's lost, and the wine's lost, it's on the ground, yeah, old wine, old ways, um, and you get people you know I've talked to thousands of pastors around the world about moves of god and and all their fears are so just full of fear, and they get well i'm I'm afraid, you know, um <laughs> it's funny because here we're to be pastors, leaders, and people of faith, and you know you ask them well. You know, you could have a move of God, and maybe they'd come visit our church when we had, uh, you know, the, the, the revival services, as they were called, both, both times in 1996 and 2008. And they'd come and visit, and they'd like what they saw. You know, oh, I'd like to have worship like this. Oh, and the prayer time, and it was so life-changing. And I said, well, you can have that in your church. Well, I'd really like to, but I'm afraid. And the next word out of their mouth, revival? And I'm afraid revival, and I have fear. Oh, I'm you know I'd like to, but I'm just afraid I'd lose people. I'd like to, but I'm just afraid my church wouldn't go. (laughs) I'm laughing because it's just so funny when you think about it. These here were the faith, God's men of faith and power, and women faith and power, and then the next word revival. Yeah, except I'm afraid. I'm just afraid I'll lose people. I'm just afraid my church, I've had it, I don't know how many times, my church just won't go for it, you know. I'm just afraid. We want revival, but I'm afraid people will leave. I'm afraid we'll lose money, won't be able to make the, the building payment. I'm afraid it'll split my church, you know, just the fear and fear and fear. <laughs> you know, they, and they'll say stuff like, well, if we have a revival like that, it's just going to eat up everything. It'll take all our time. We, what are we going to do with our softball team? Isn't that crazy? Like here we are, men and women of God calling on the name of the Lord to come down and save our nation and our children and our schools and all the problems that we face today in our country and around the world. And we're afraid we're going to lose softball or we're afraid somebody won't like us or we're afraid somebody might leave our church. Well, I'm afraid God will leave the church, aren't you? I want I want a church that God attends. We get that. Some people might leave because that wasn't their intention. You know, they came because they wanted to make friends and be supported and loved on just the way they are, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But, but you get God to attend your church, some people might leave. Uh, we didn't have that happen in our church either time. But uh, some people might leave, but a whole lot of more people are going to come because they want to encounter the living God. You can just check with most people. If you ask them, would you like to hear God? or Would you like to hear God talk to you? Would you like it if God would talk to you just once? And they all I've never met anybody said, nope. <laughs> they all say, man, yeah, I'd like that. I'd like that. Well, then people aren't as anti God as we think. They're anti what we've built They're anti going to church where you can't find God or where it's just religion. You know, all that already, though. And so people just so, so afraid. You want to hear a story about fear in church? I got time to tell you. I had this happen. This has been documented, so I mean, it's real. There are people, all, there's people that were there when this happened, but when I was first uh, went into the ministry, actually, I was first saved, filled with the Spirit, I was a... Uh, you know, I was a high school teacher and I was the high school music teacher and I taught at all, you know, and then felt called to God. And so we finished out our year and, and uh, left teaching and searching for the ministry. And uh, uh, um, I won't say what denomination a church uh, needed. They felt like they needed to have an assistant to the pastor, the minister he'd had a few health issues and they thought, here's a young guy. I'm like 24, 25 years old, you know, let's say 25. And, uh, they said, well, he's on fire for God. Let him come and he can just help. You know, he can go do the things that, that couldn't be done anymore. more. So they'd give me the job. So they hired me and they gave me the job. I go visit the sick, go to the hospital, go to the shut-ins, you know, and I don't, I don't mean to say it rudely, but a lot of people didn't want to do that. That wasn't the glamour part of ministry, but I did it. I'd sweep the floor or whatever, you know, and so uh, so I, that's what I did. Now, the, the the minister that was going to retire in a few years, I don't think he appreciated me being there so much, but you know, he need he did need help, but I understand you start feeling your age, and it's a little embarrassing when you need help, but anyway, they hired me, and I did my job and tried to do the very best, and it was a denominational church, so even though I was a hand waver, tongue talker you know I didn't do that I didn't do it I went by their their guidelines and their boundaries and just loved on them and did anything they asked me to do so anyway once one Sunday one of the head guys it wasn't the minister but head guy in the church on the board he got an idea and he said you know Steve's up there they had the kind where they had the one pulpit on one side and another pulpit on the other side, you know, and the big pulpit is where you preach from, the little pulpit is where you read the Bible from. And so I was sitting over there, so they got the idea, you know what we ought to do? We ought to let Steve do the pastoral prayer from the little pulpit. And so let's ask him to do it. So I didn't have very much time. They just asked me. They said, they said would you do the pastoral prayer and pray before the reverend, I won't say his name, preaches his sermon? All right, I'll do it. You know, I'll do whatever he ask me to do, and I'm going to do it sincerely. You know, I didn't mean to do anything. Anyway, I got up there, and I stood, you know, like you're supposed to stand. I put each hand on the side of it, and I began to pray. Well, I felt if I'm going to pray for the reverend to do his sermon, I shouldn't just pray generic stuff into the air. I'll pray for him. i meant as sincere as can be. So I prayed for him, but... Maybe I uh, wasn't ready for this one. And I prayed. I said, oh, (laughs) oh, Lord, you know, fill him with the Holy Spirit today. Fill him with your power. Let him feel the presence of God as he speaks the word of God to us today. Words like that. You know, sincere as can be. Okay. Then I say the amen. And the Reverend gets up there in the big pulpit. And he gets up and he puts his hands on the side like I had him on the big pulpit. He's got his robe on and everything. He puts his hands on it like that and he completely froze. I mean froze-froze, like an icicle froze. Didn't bat an eye, stared straight ahead, fingers glued, and everybody just stood and watched, and stood and watched. Pretty soon, the choir director, his name was Mike, and He jumps up and says, let's sing hymn 240 or something like that. And so we start, everybody starts singing. And then a few ushers got up there. And I'm telling you, they peeled his fingers off. And he was straight as a board. They peeled his fingers off and then straight as a board whirled him around and laid him flat on the ground. Well, they called 911, and the ambulance came, and he's still, they put him on a stretcher, still stiff as a board, didn't move this. You know how long it takes an ambulance to get there sometimes, 15 minutes or so. Still stiff as a board, not doing anything. And they wheeled him out and put him in the hospital, and I went ahead and helped and never thought anything more about it. Till after the fact, then he gets the diagnosis, and they said, well, what happened? What happened to him? And the doctor gave the diagnosis, and he said he was gripped with fear. You ever heard gripped with fear? He was gripped with fear. They said it's similar to what happens to people in battle sometimes, or, uh, or, or uh, the, these guys that uh, they fell into, you know, they were going to go over Niagara Falls, you know, and they grabbed hold of something and, and didn't go over, but they thought they were going to go over Niagara Falls, and they just get gripped with fear or in battle or whatever. They said he was so gripped with fear it shut him down. And I thought, whoa, how did that happen? Then I remembered, I think he got gripped with fear because he'd never had anybody pray about the power of the Holy Spirit and the anointing of God and the release of the power. And that scared him. It absolutely frightened him. And that's why people, they get fearful. And and so when you try to say, let's have this great move of God, and they go, I'm afraid. Well, I'd like to, but I'm afraid. And so... And so that's written up, and I think it's written up in one of my books or something like that. I had another, I can tell you another story as a church right here, great friend of mine, uh, no longer the pastor there, but great friend of mine. And this was 10 years after the Smithton outpouring, probably. So let's say it's in 2006 or something like that, and or one of those years. And he came to our church here in Kansas City. He said, could I speak? And he's a good friend of mine. I said, yeah, you can speak. I didn't know what he was going to say. And he got up and described on that same day, March 24th, 1996. Only he described, ours was the evening service, 6, 12 p.m., the power of God struck. And he got up and described his Sunday morning service. He said, let me tell you what happened Sunday morning. The same day, that same day. God struck in our church, and I don't know, 11 o'clock or whatever, praise and worship was in or whatever God did. He said, the power of God, the power of revival struck my church. And then my church didn't want it. It scared them. They were afraid, and they didn't want to go for God. So he says, so what happened then? Six hours later, five, seven hours later, whatever it was, He said, then the power of God went down the highway to Smithton, Missouri and struck them at 6, 12 p.m. And now they've got the revival and I come and I have to come and visit this church. And he brings a group with him. We come with a little group and visit somebody else's church. But he said, I want you to know it struck our church first, but our folks didn't want it. So. What are you afraid of? we got to get out of this fear because God wants to do whatever he wants to do. I I became so desperate for God back in those days. Honestly, I was like everybody else at first, unsure, and I didn't know how to pray, right? You know, I'm burying my head in the pew, trying to pray by myself, not getting anywhere. I finally got so desperate for God, and I'm not saying I got—I didn't get desperate for a ministry, didn't get desperate to preach— Didn't want to be famous or anything like that. Wasn't talking about more. We need more money. I knew me personally, just me. I just wanted to live. I wanted to feel life again. And so I finally got down to it and said, Lord, I don't care whether I ever preach again. I don't have to have a ministry. I just want to live. And I got to the point where I said, God, you just do anything you want to do. It doesn't matter to me anymore. I'd rather have whatever you got, even if it's unfamiliar, even if it's different. I'll take it. And uh, it was about two weeks. Le- it was two weeks. Well, leading up to that time, I prayed that many, many, many times. But the journey, the last two weeks, was me just releasing completely until finally I was struck by what I call the lightnings of God and just electrocuted me with the with the power of God. And so we've got to we've got to stop being afraid of the wrong things. You remember that demoniac? Jesus comes and this demon possessed. He's naked, breaking chains and. And, uh, you know, he's living among all the people. I'm sure they, here's a naked man. I'm sure they had daughters. They had children, you know, and they were seemed to go along just fine with that. There's the, hello, there he is. Wave at him, kids. And, uh, but, but, and then Jesus comes and delivers him from his demons. And the Bible says that then the people came back, regular folks came back, saw him dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Woo, there's religion for you. Yep, you get people in their right mind, and they're afraid of putting people in their right mind, but they're not afraid of people being out of their minds, not afraid of pride, not afraid of worldliness, not afraid to go home and watch stuff on TV they shouldn't or on the internet, not afraid of that, but then God wants to come down and do something, and you got a pastor that's a grip with fear, or a leader grip with fear, or a worship leader grip with fear, so we got to get over that and quit being so comfortable with the things that are not of God and start turning to God and let Him revive us. Will you revive us now? Now, right? Revive us now, God. We want to run. Are you in? Right? Revive us now, God. Our country needs it. Our nation needs it. Our world needs it. And I need it. Our churches need it. And you need it. So I hope you take this word today and move and, and stop getting letting fear guide your life when it comes to the things of God. Just get free all that. God, you can do anything you want. I am your servant so lord let these words break through encourage people today for go for god because i believe there's a revival movement coming and we got some new leaders and some new people that need to step into the shoes wear the robe put the ring on and put the shoes on that god gave you and walk with it amen all right till next time bye bye thanks for listening to the revive us now podcast with steve gray Push the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode, and spread the word on social media. For more episodes and resources, go to reviveusnowpodcast.com. Until next time, keep on running for revival.